up close this week with the US North Korea roller coaster. John Huang, independent legal researcher with Law Quant LLCs here in the studio. Good morning. Morning, Alex. So, around this time last week, it looked like the summit was off between Donald Trump and Kim Jong un. That was after President Trump publicly released a letter exactly to that effect. But it all changed back around. And in fact, last weekend, we had that amazing scene of President Moon Jae-in and Kim Jong-un getting together for a surprise summit. Can we say, though, that the summit between Trump and Kim is really back on? Yeah, that's kind of the $64,000 question, right? Well, right now, American and North Korean officials are having meetings about the summit in Panmunjom, in Singapore, and in New York simultaneously. So, I mean, it it's as if the letter doesn't exist. I mean, and if you look at President Trump's tweets since he released the letter, he also pretends that the letter, letter doesn't exist. So, Well, I, either that or he, he sort of seems to admit that it was more of a warning than an, uh, than an actual declaration of cancellation, the way he said, like, good response to my letter or, or something along right, those lines. Right, he did lines. say that. And then after after that, he really doesn't really talk about the letter at all. Uh, and he talk, talks about, you know, the ongoing talks. And now just a, f- a few hours ago, the White House uh, press secretary said that, you know, it looks like the meeting is on, although, you know, it really depends on, you know, President Trump as well as Kim Jong-un's day-to-day mood at this point. It's a, a serious drama, though, isn't it? Almost like a soap opera. Why... Are we in this situation? Is it all just part and parcel of the negotiation tactics of these leaders? Right. I mean, we are sort of seeing a mirror image, right? I mean, on one hand, North Korea actually canceled a high-ranking officials meeting with South Korea at first citing military exercises and then blaming uh, John Bolton and then Mike Pence and so forth. And then we had, you know, President Trump sort of using exactly same strategy, saying that, hey, you know, you guys really make a cold my uh, close advisors with some uh, unpleasant name, so I'm going to cancel it. And then he said, "Well, now you saw so- you guys sound better, so I'm not really going to pretend that the cancellation letter really exists." And it seems to you know go on as if the letter doesn't exist. So we're sort of seeing the mirror image where you know name calling might actually lead to some hardline tactics. And the unfortunate thing, of course, is that rather than publicly sort of, you know, encouraging debates about, you know, the true, what what are the actual positions that both countries can actually agree on, we are now saying that, well, if you name call me, I'm going to cancel the meeting. What are you going to do about that? And that's sort of the strategy we're seeing from both sides. Given these ups, these downs, the roller coaster I refer to, what can we expect? Do, do, do even informed expert have anything remotely reliable to say about this right now <laughs> i mean somebody actually said uh, commented that you know rather than experts we probably have observers mm-hmm. and if you actually look looked at a lot of you know uh, commentary that's coming out around the time that president trump actually you know public uh, pu- publicly released a cancellation letter a lot of you know experts were panning about why the summit failed and why the meeting was supposed to go nowhere well of course you know you sort of had a lot of those experts now have to sort of eat their words and say well okay so that probably was premature. I mean, we're basically seeing two strong personalities clashing rather than talking about their uh, interest. And I hope that, you know, the meetings, the three meetings that are going on are actually talking about their interest. But publicly, at least, it seems that, you know, it's sort of the battle of wills that you see in soap opera between Kim Jong-un and President Trump. And that's what we're getting. 
Is this bad, the situation for South Korea? Well, on the other hand, I think it's far preferable than talk, talking about military strikes and talking about fire and fury that we witnessed last year. I think we can all agree that the absolutely the worst thing that can happen to South Korea is a military conflict that, uh, taking place in the uh, Korean peninsula that might actually uh, precipitate into a full-scale war. On the other hand, you know, we sort of have to live with this roller coaster that's taking place not just from North Korea, but also from the United States. And it doesn't really help with the, you know, uh, kind of peaceful everyday existence in South Korea. So, I mean, it almost feels like it is South Korea who's sort of trying to act like adults, trying to rein into petulant children. On the other, other hand, these two petulant children have very dangerous weapons at their disposal. So, you know, it does make for a very un- uneasy, you know, nervous existence at this point. Dangerous weapons that can apparently be launched at the press of a button. If we are to believe President Trump. And he actually managed to put that in in, in his letter saying that, you know, saying that the U.S. has far greater uh, nuclear arsenal than North Korea. I mean, you know, why put that in? I mean, it really reflects President Donald Trump's personality. You can sort of see that it probably wasn't any of his serious A's penning the letter. He probably dictated himself. Yeah, well, I mean, in some ways it was a refreshing letter in as much as you didn't have the bland political speak that we have to put up with from most leaders. But sure. but, but that bland political speak is protective, isn't it? Of course. I mean, if you're talking about nuclear weapon, I mean, if you're talking yeah. about, you know, the reality show like Apprentice, yeah, that kind of, you know, personality very is very entertaining and yeah. it helps up, you know, with the ratings. And certainly this drama is helping with ratings and a lot of people are paying attention Precisely because of the, the the drama. But on the other hand, if you're talking about nuclear weapons, you know, again, I you know have to refer back to what was going on in 2017 when you know the rhetoric seemed like you know it might actually ratchet it up to actual military action. I mean, that's not something that, especially for those of us living in you know Korean Peninsula, I find very comforting. I mean, you know, mm. you really rather have bland kind of measured approach to nuclear di- di- diplomacy rather than you know reality show kind of drama. Unless, on the other side of this, we see a quick denuclearization breakthrough, which perhaps could only have happened, if it happens, <laughs> with something completely out of left field. Sure, I mean... Which is a high-stakes game. Exactly. And, you know, the quick resolution is what the United States has been calling for. And, of course, I highly doubt that that's something that North Korea is willing to uh, willing to accept. I mean, basically, we don't really know what the price that North Korea will, will demand. I mean, you can think about some, you know, very unlikely things that North Korea will accept. But, you know, that, on the other hand, those are the prices that South Korea and, and the United States will be very unwilling to accept. At some point, you know, we will have to go... go if there will be a deal, there have to be a kind of a measured give and, give and take that kind of happened with Iran nuclear deal. Of course, with the you know, United States pulling out of the Iran deal, you sort of wonder what really is the roadmap for the nuclear, nuclear negotiation with North Korea. And if this all fails, we saw last week uh, with a little return to the aggressive rhetoric from both sides um, – that, uh, well, we could really go back to square one very quickly. Yeah, and the difference, of course, is that now President Trump has surrounded himself with a little more hardliners, mostly namely the National Security Advisor John Bolton, who has been sort of calling for military option against North Korea. So that's probably something that South Korea really would not would like to avoid. Up close today with Jung Hwang, Independent Legal Research with Lo Kwan LLC. Thank you so much for taking us 
on a on a slightly more gentle ride on this roller coaster, but we're watching it from afar right now. The uh, the crescendo is coming in in New York, and we'll hopefully have something to go with on tomorrow's show. Uh, Zhang Huang, thank you very much.